for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com. So join me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this very first Sunday of 2021. We thank you at the gate of this year. And we say, this is your year. I'm going to keep saying it. This is your year, Lord. We say, this is the Lord's year. Thank you, Lord. And we thank you at the gates of your year so that we may enter in the proper way. So we say, thank you, Jesus. We bless your name. We ask you to breathe on this word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to welcome in our South Tampa campus watching right now in South Tampa. Come on, say hi to them. Clap it up. It's good. They just tuned on. Also, we have um, uh, our microsites in Pennsylvania and Las Vegas operating today, so you can welcome them as well. They're watching this as well. They're really cool. I would say welcome Germany, but they caught the stream from last night because of the hour difference. So whatever. We can give a courtesy clap to Germany, even though there's not watching. <laughs> Whatever, really cool. But today we're starting a brand new series, and it's got a really exciting name. It's called Discipline. <laughs> Some of you are like, uh. It's called, the whole series title is Discipline. What's in a disciple? What's in a disciple? Discipline. What's in a disciple? I'm going to give you the purpose right at the beginning here. The purpose of this series is to discover the true nature of discipleship and how it fits in our context, okay? Because when you say disciple, a lot of people think, you know, the guy in sandals with a brown paper bag looking thing with a, you know, a leather strap around his waist, you know. Anybody think that? You know, the Jesus sandals with all the straps? Yeah, that's what you think of, right? That's what we, th a lot of people think of it that way. But even though, you know, those are disciples, we are also disciples, right? And let me help you. You need discipline to be a disciple. You need disciplined. You need to be disciplined. Some of you are like bristling, like you're getting triggered a little bit by the word. It's okay. We're going to win back the word discipline. It's going to be a happy word for you by the end of this series. I promise. You're going to love discipline. You are. That's my goal. Okay? Because we're going to discover the true nature of it, what it really means, what it means to have that in our life. So even though, you know, we're not wearing, you know, burlap and with sandals and some of you do, that's cool. I'm not hating on those sandals. Go for it. Amen. Um, even though we're not looking like that, doing it like that, you know, following a rabbi around the hills of Galilee, you know what I'm saying? We're still disciples, right? Right? <laughs> there weren't enough in response to that one there. We are still disciples. And so even though the mission is the same, the methods have changed. Right? Even though the mission of being a disciple has, has, is the same, it has not changed. Right? It's the Great Commission. We're going to read it in a second. The methods have changed. Like, you know, John did not have any microphone ever, right? I mean, John didn't have Facebook, right? And, you know, John didn't go to a place and work on a, a computer screen. And, you know, our methods have to change. They have to update in order to continue to carry the mission. Does that make sense? Right? Paul wrote a letter and said, hey, you know, read this to the whole church in Ephesus. I write a virtual letter and it gets there instantly to all our microsites in Pennsylvania, Las Vegas, Germany, right? The method has changed. The mission is the same. Are you with me? 
All right, it's important that we start this way because the church really needs to win back good disciplines. There's kind of a, a thing uh, in our charismatic fun, happy family, you know, or, or <laughs> our charismania sometimes, we kind of want to say, ah, oh, we don't, that's legalism, right? Like, oh, don't, you don't need to read your Bible often, that's just religion. Or you don't need to pray as a habit, well, that's just legalistic. Well, you know, take the same approach to things like brushing your teeth and no one would like you. <laughs> Uh-huh. Brushing your teeth is a really good discipline. Amen. I have that discipline. I do that every day. <laughs> Amen. It's usually the first thing I do <laughs> when I wake up in the morning. All right? And that doesn't make me legalistic, right? It doesn't make me uber religious or whatever. Look at me. You think I'm uber religious? Okay. But I do read my Bible every day. I pray every day. I have spiritual disciplines. They help me. Amen? You're like, mm, this sounds like work. Well, there is a little bit of work to this thing. You're not working for anything. You're working from. Because he's given you something, you're honoring it and stewarding it. Amen? We need to know what is in a disciple. Okay? So this is part one. We're going to define the word disciple. That's all we're going to do today, okay? We're just going to define it very, very clearly. What is a disciple? Part one, here it is. A disciple is someone who understands the Great Commission, okay, in all of its awesomeness. So we're going to read that. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says, Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe, say observe. observe. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Say all. <laughs> you know what that means in Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic? All. <laughs> yeah. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I love multiple translations. It gives us a more full picture. Let's read it in another translation. The Passion Translation says, Then Jesus came close, and, close to them and said, All the authority of the universe has been given to me. Now, wherever you go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to faithfully follow all I have commanded you. Say, faithfully follow. Faithfully. Teach them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you. You know the them is us, right? Teach them, that's us, to faithfully follow all that I've commanded you. And never forget that I am with you every day, even to the completion of this age. Amen? That's the mission. The mission hasn't changed. The methods are changing all the time, right? So if that's our mission, we need to really understand what it means. What, is the, what does it mean to be a disciple? What is a disciple? Let's define the term. Are you ready? Very simple. Disciple equals learner. Period. A disciple is a learner. That's what the word means. Online dictionary, Google dictionary, I don't know what it's technically called, but it, you know, first one says, you know, the guys who follow Jesus in Galilee, the, you know, a follower of Jesus, a follower of a rabbi. But the second definition, a little more broad, it says a follower or a student of a teacher, student of a teacher, leader, or philosopher. It's from the Latin word, which means learner. 
Okay, Strong's Concordance, which is a Bible um, uh, dictionary. The word disciple literally means a pupil or a learner. It means to learn or to understand. Okay, today's message is going to be very practical, just so you know. So if you're wondering, this seems a little different for Caleb. Yeah, I'm usually like floating around in Revelation land and like dropping nuggets on you. This is real practical, okay? Today is real practical. Is that okay? Doesn't matter. It's going to happen the same way anyway. But. <laughs> Disciple equals learner. Say learner. You know what that tells me? If you have nothing left to learn, you're not a disciple. If you have nothing left to learn, you are no longer a disciple. I've been in church for a while, y'all. Anybody been in church for a while? I've been in church like my whole life. I went from the womb to the pew, straight up, all right? I have been in church my whole life. And let me tell you, just, this is not a condemnation word or a rebuke. It's an observation, all right? I've made an observation. The church is usually those who have already learned and not so often those who have everything to learn. The church often postures herself as, we're the ones who know something. We're the ones who have figured it all out, and we need to tell you about it. Well, that's not a disciple. Sure, I'm not doubting whether the fact Jesus is God. Jesus is God, amen? Like, I'm a little closed-minded about that. There's one God, his name is Yeshua, HaMashiach, Jesus Christ the righteous, the one true God, the self-existent Jehovah. I make no apologies for that. Amen? So, you know, I heard a pastor say, don't be so open-minded that your brains fall out. I'm not open-minded about that, okay? I'm just not. Jesus is God, period. I don't care what you think. You're, if you think differently, I, I would say nicely and kindly and gently, you're wrong, and I love you. But don't worry, I've been wrong once, you know? So, I get it. <laughs> right? So I'm not talking about that, but I am saying in order to be a follower, a student, a learner, a disciple, you have to approach with the heart. You have to take the seat of a learner, right? You have to take that seat and say, I actually can learn from everyone and everything. Are you following me? You know, having nothing to learn is really the essence of pride. That's the essence of pride. You have nothing left to learn. You are 100% in pride. You know how you stay out of pride? You stay in the seat of the learner. Say, so I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn no matter what. And we should really be willing to learn no matter the source. So if you're like offended uh, by whatever, take your pick, my hair, my tattoos, my wrinkled shirt that I didn't iron this morning because I wore it last night. I don't know. If you're offended. And the source here is bothering you. Maybe you have an opportunity to learn in a new way. And you really should take that opportunity. You should be willing to learn no matter what the source. I'll tell you why. Proverbs 1, 20 through 21 talks about this. And we, we think often that we need to learn maybe in this arena or at church or, you know, at a school or whatever. But listen to this. This is really good. Wisdom's praises are sung in the streets and celebrated far and wide. Yet wisdom's song is not always heard in the halls of higher learning. But in the hustle and bustle of everyday life, its lyrics can always be heard above the din of the crowd. The hustle and bustle of everyday life, its lyrics can always be heard above the din of the crowd. You will hear wisdom's warning as she preaches courageously to those who stop to listen. 
I'm talking about your everyday life. I'm talking about you go through your day and you're like going to work and you're in the hustle and bustle. You should be stopping to listen for wisdom's voice. You shouldn't be like turning off the learner thing when you go to lunch today. You know what I'm saying? Like you should stay in the seat of the learner and you should be willing to get it from the hustle and bustle of your everyday life. That's what, that's just a wise thing to do, okay? You should take the seat of the learner at work. Instead of complaining about your boss who's a jerk, how about you learn something? You think your boss has nothing to teach you? Well, they at the very least know how to get promoted, so where are you at? <laughs> Sometimes it feels good to say stuff. That's one of them right there. Like, I can't learn from them. Uh, they're a jerk. They say it mean well. Um, it doesn't give you an excuse to not be a learner. Hello? Right? You should learn. Take the seat of the learner with your friends. Right? I mean, my friend, my, the Lord told me once you should, a wise, he said, tr a wise man trusts the wisdom of his friends. Like I had friends who said, Caleb, you shouldn't do that. I'm like, what are you talking about? I know what I'm doing, da, 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 da. And then I always ran into something and looked stupid. You know what I'm saying? But then he was like, you should trust the wisdom of your friends. I'm like, all right. I don't think you're right, but you have wisdom and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it into use right now. And guess what? It usually works out better because they can see your blind spots. You know the, the reality of a blind spot is you're blind to that spot? <laughs> That's what a blind spot is. I know, mind-blowing, right? <laughs> like, you can't see it. That's how it works. You know, the nature of deception is you don't know you're deceived. That's the nature of it, right? So you can't say, I'm not deceived. You literally cannot say that. You might be deceived. <laughs> you have no idea. It's a blind spot. So trusting your friends, learn, take the seat of learning with your friends, with your spouse. Hello? Come on, especially the husbands. I'll just, I'll pick on you for a minute here. Wisdom's personified as a woman. Just saying. That's a good man. He said, especially this one. He pointed to his wife. <laughs> yeah. My wife always knows what I'm supposed to do before I'm supposed to do it. Always. This is the thing. There's a balance because the women usually know what. The men usually know when. Usually when you're honoring one another, that's how it shakes down. Right? The women usually know first, though. All right? So your spouse should teach you. Not just wives learning from their husbands. Hello? Spouses learning from their spouse. Amen? And if you're like, I don't have anything to learn from them. Well, that's the essence of pride. And you're no longer a disciple. I promise you, God wants to use your spouse to teach you something. It's kind of the way it works. <laughs> When you're watching a movie, take the seat of the learner when you watch a movie. I learn about the Lord in Marvel films. I love it. I watch superhero movies and I learn. Listen, I, there's people like really freaking out about the Wonder Woman movie. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. I loved it. I cried. I saw the gospel in there. I didn't even notice all the bad acting and everything else. I just was like, Jesus, is that Jesus? I was learning about the nature of God. Because the whole world is scratching at it. The whole world desires Jesus. He's the desire of the nations. And they're trying to grab it. You know, the whole world wants a selfless, all-powerful hero. That is the exact description of Jesus Christ. <laughs> a selfless, all-powerful hero. You know? 
I learn when I watch a movie. I'm learning about the Lord. Here's a fun one. You should take the seat of the learner when you're with difficult people. I need to tell them they're just being a jerk. I need to correct them. Mm. Well, the Bible says be slow to speak and quick to listen. You know? So maybe you should be quick to listen to that person who ticks you off and learn something. Maybe you should be quick to listen to the Lord when that person is being difficult. I know none of you have any difficult people in your life, but that was just a free one, you know? You should be willing to learn no matter what the source, amen? Are you following me? I'll prove it. I'm, I'm not done with this point. I'll prove it even more. I'll underline it for you. Ready? God actually used a donkey to speak to the prophet Balaam. And he can use any old donkey to speak to you. I want to do it, but I'm not going to do it because you're sensitive. The King James uses the right word. <laughs> the King James authorized version uses that word. So, But I think you know what I'm saying. I won't do it. You're sensitive. It's okay. It's Church folk. It's fine. If he can use a donkey to speak to the prophet, he can use a donkey to speak to you. They're like, they were mean. Well, they might be a donkey, but it might be the Lord. It's Numbers 22, if you want to look that up. Verse 22 through 34, if you don't believe me. I'll paraphrase some of it for you. The prophet uh, is actually being hired for his prophetic ability and God is not pleased with that. And he's, God said, don't go prophesy, all right? And then the prophet was like, well, I really want to. And he asked again and the, and the Lord's like, fine, go, or whatever. He relents, but then God gets mad at him for going uh, because he doesn't really want him to go, you know? I know it's a confusing story. He's on the way and then the donkey starts acting weird. The donkey's like pushing his leg against the wall. The donkey is like trying, because the donkey sees an angel with a sword and all this stuff. And the donkey's trying to actually save this guy's life. And at one point the donkey lays down and Balaam's beating it. He beats it three times. And then, let me just read you this portion. It's not on the screens. This is just great. <laughs> Sounds more like a Disney movie than the Bible, like, but Numbers 22, 28 through 34 says, then the Lord gave the donkey the ability to speak. You should take that verse with you. <laughs> then the Lord gave the donkey the ability to speak, quote, what have I done to you that deserves your beating me these three times? It asked Balaam. You made me, and you made me look like a fool, Balaam shouted. Balaam's honking back to the donkey. <laughs> and Balaam says, if I had a sword with me, I would kill you. And then the donkey says, but I am the same donkey you've ridden you all your life. The donkey answers like, what's up, bro? Like, I love you, man. Have I ever done anything like this before? No, Balaam admitted. This is in your Bible, y'all. You're bored with your Bible? You're not reading enough of it. <laughs> Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the roadway with a drawn sword in his hand. Balaam bowed his head and face, fell face down on the ground before him. <laughs> Why did you beat your donkey those three times? The angel of the Lord demanded. <laughs> and he says, look, I've come to block your way because you're stubbornly resisting me. This is great. He says, three times the donkey saw me and shied away. Otherwise, I would have certainly killed you by now and spared the donkey. <laughs> That's the angel of the Lord. God will use a donkey to discipline any who are not willing to listen. 
God will use any old donkey to discipline those who are not willing to learn. But if you take the seat of the learner, donkey starts acting weird. You're like, hey, what's going on here? Let's consult the Lord. Let's really learn from this. Amen? Amen. Come on. Oh, man. There are actually major benefits, y'all. Like I said, I'm getting practical. Major benefits to being a learner first. All right? You should be the biggest learner in the room. I actually get worried when I feel like I have nothing to learn in a certain room. I start, I getting, I'm getting concerned. I'm not like, none of these people can teach me. I'm concerned. I start getting concerned from my heart. Like, wow, why, how are you viewing these people that have the spirit of the living God inside of them? You know, your neighbor has all the wisdoms and treasures, all the treasure of wisdom and knowledge in Christ Jesus, just like you do. The one sitting next to you right now can say something as an oracle of the Lord, as the mouthpiece of God himself and instruct you, right? So I, even when I teach, I want to come in, I, I step on the stage and I'm the biggest learner in the room. I'm learning more than all of you today. It often happens that I'll say things I've never heard before. And I'm like, someone take notes, please. <laughs> it's recorded, thank the Lord. I go back and listen, I write it down. I'm like, that was really good. It's like the first time it hits my brain is because it comes out of my mouth into my ears, into my brain. It's just a weird thing. Some people call that an unction of the Holy Ghost. And it's just the Lord speaking through his people. When you're yielded like that, that happens. Like, well, they aren't leaded. yielded. I have nothing to learn. Well, okay. Again. <laughs> Who's the donkey now? <laughs> I'm playing with you because it's fun. But there's major benefits. Say benefits. Proverbs 13, 20 says, if you want to grow in wisdom, spend time with the wise. Walk with the wicked and you'll eventually become just like them. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm is what this verse says in other translations. Major benefits, like keeping you from harm. You know, I personally know people that were just hanging out with the wrong crowd and they were in the wrong car and didn't know there were drugs in the backseat or whatever. And they also got busted even though they were totally innocent because they're hanging out with fools. Like, that's not nice to call them fools. I understand. Just for the purpose of this teaching moment, you need to get it. Like, if somebody's acting foolishly, learn from them, but at a distance. Hello? If they consistently you know, like, are running over boundaries and doing illegal things and everything, you need to create some boundaries and distance and say, yeah, I'm going to take the seat of the learner, but I ain't going to be up close and personal to your lessons. Come on. And take the seat of the learner. Not only can it keep you from harm, right? It actually can bend time. You can actually time travel by being a learner. I read an amazing book. You're like, this guy's lost it. I knew he was cracked. Just stick with me for a second here, okay? <laughs> I read an amazing book called Bending Time by Dan McCollum. He's been here before for our Activate Conference. He's amazing. Uh, and he talked about how you, he talked about this concept. I'm just gonna paraphrase it for you. You can learn in 20 minutes what took someone 20 years. You can leverage their 20 years of pain in 20 minutes to receive a truth and a principle, a key. This is how it works. Someone goes through something. They deal with a hardship. They overcome it. And then you give, they give you the key so that you can bypass it. That's bending time. That's, that's you not taking 20 years to learn what took them 20 years to learn. Are you with me? 
This is where learning from your elders is a really wise idea. You should listen to your elders. Why? Because their ceiling can be your floor if you let it. Right? You can capitalize on the lessons of others so that you don't have to go through the same pain. You can capitalize on the lessons of others. Are you with me? Come on, there's real benefits. Real benefits to this. I know. Sorry if this is, you know, I hope this is okay. It's really practical. Is this all right? You guys okay? Good. So what does it really look like to be that learner? I want to give you a, a verse that actually breaks down a practical, kind of a process, okay? Kind of a, a how-to really quickly, all right? It's Proverbs chapter 8, 32 through 35. It says, um, and by the way, the context here in Proverbs 8 is Lady Wisdom is speaking. Okay, when Lady Wisdom is speaking, you best be listening, all right? And if that offends you, you know, that uh, wisdom is called a woman in uh, Scripture, I just would like to challenge the idea that you don't, you know, need the voice of God in women. I think that's ridiculous. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but women are half the image of God. The image of God is male and female, not male or female. Anybody with me? Ladies, come on. So if you aren't listening to women, if we don't have women teachers, preachers, then we are missing half the wisdom of God. And if you're like, Paul said women can't teach, we can have a conversation about that. I don't believe that that is true, but I don't have time for it today. I'll just say it this way. I'm a kingdom equalist. I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to learn. I don't care the source. I certainly don't take any offense to women teaching. If a woman can carry the Godhead, she can carry the gospel. If a woman can be the first sent one to tell my, your brothers that I go to their father and your father, Mary was the first apostle, the first sent one to proclaim the resurrection. I don't have any problem with it. So he's bending scripture, he's changing scripture. No. Wisdom is personified as a woman. So now that I've, uh, you know, bothered a few of you, Let's keep reading. Proverbs 8, 32 through 35 says, listen, my sons and daughters, to everything I tell you. You know, Jesus said that wisdom will be proven by all of her children. You're like, this doesn't apply to me. That's the Old Testament. All right, you're coming up with, I hear your thoughts. I hear them. I hear those thoughts on the head, in your head. I hear it. Oftentimes, I'm preaching in reaction to the thoughts I hear floating in the room. No joke. They're coming up. They're bouncing off my forehead. And I'm like, <laughs> reacting. Jesus said, wisdom will be proven by all her children. The question is, are you a child of wisdom? <laughs> so listen, my sons and daughters, to everything I tell you, for nothing will bring you more joy than following my ways. I love that because people think Jesus is a buzzkill. <laughs> Jesus is not here to ruin your party, bro. <laughs> He's here to invite you to a better one. <laughs> He's always got a better party for, for you plan. He's the Lord of the harvest. You know what that means? He puts on the party. <laughs> He's the one with all the food and everything. He's inviting you. People are like, oh, you know, that's just following the ways of God. That's going to ruin my fun. No. Actually, all those things are perversions of the pure version that God has for you. And when you follow wisdom's ways, you will have, nothing will bring you more joy. That's what the Bible says. Nothing will bring you more joy. 
So people who really are like following the way of holiness, but also very crabby and have no joy, I wonder what way they're following. I question it a little bit. Like, you know, I'm really seeking the Father. I'm just, I'm praying and I'm interceding and it's so heavy. And would you join me? Oh my gosh, January 20th is coming. Pray with me, pray with me. I'm like, um, you should go back in the closet, ask for somebody else, phone a friend. I don't know who you've been talking to, but they don't sound very fun. <laughs> if, you, if people are coming to your mind, I don't know what's in your mind right now. It's not one of those moments. So don't blame me if people are coming to your head. I'm not talking about them. I don't know who you're thinking of, all right? So that's you, not me. Nothing will bring you more joy. Can you just say that with me? Nothing will bring me more joy than following wisdom's ways. I feel the Holy Ghost on that. Some of you need to put that on your mirror. Like declaration for 2021. Nothing will bring me more joy than following wisdom's ways. Some of y'all need that. I'm not joking. You know who you are. Write it down. Nothing will bring me more joy than following wisdom's ways. <laughs> I'm going to say it. I said it on Facebook. I didn't get any, in any trouble for it. So I'm going to say it here. If 2020 gave you hell, give 2021 heaven. And say, I'm going to receive the joy of the Lord by following wisdom's ways in 2021. Okay? Come on. Don't just be grateful to be out of it. Leverage it. Leverage it. That's what wisdom does. All right, I'm going to read the rest of this verse, I promise. It says, listen to my counsel, for my instruction will enlighten you. You'll be wise not to ignore it. If you wait, here's the, here's the how-to. This is really great. If you wait at wisdom's doorway, longing to hear a word for every day, say every day, joy will break forth within you as you listen for what I'll say. Come on. Even in the waiting, joy is coming. Even before you get the word. Some of you literally need to get a word a day to walk in wisdom. I don't think it has to be that. I don't think you have to. What's my word today, Lord? You know, I don't think it has to be like that. But it might for you. I don't know. Right? This may be a discipline you should implement. You wake up and before you go digital, you go to the divine. Before you get on Facebook, you seek his face. Maybe use his book to do it. How about it? You know what I'm saying? And you just sit there and wait at wisdom's doorway. Call your morning wisdom's doorway. And say, I'm going to walk through this doorway with wisdom. I'm going to get a word. And I promise you what's going to happen. Joy is going to break forth in you. Wouldn't it be better to start the morning joyful? Instead of, like, oh, I got to work. Ugh. And I brush my teeth again. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like complaining about disciplines. Why not implement healthy disciplines? This is what's in a disciple. A willingness to learn. At a disciple's core, they're a learner. Today I need wisdom to teach me. Wait at wisdom's doorway, longing to hear a word for every day. Joy will break forth within you as you listen for what I say. I'll say, for the fountain of life, this just gets gooder and gooder. The fountain of life pours into you every time that you find me. Who? Wisdom. A fountain of life comes when you find wisdom. And this is the secret of growing in the delight and favor of the Lord. Solomon wrote that, the most wise dude to ever live. This is the secret. Come on, leverage Solomon's years of tomfoolery. You know, he did some dumb stuff. Leverage that 
learn something, bend time with me, and take this secret. Take this secret. This is the secret to growing in the delight and favor of the Lord. Now, what does that mean? It doesn't mean you're more favored by the Lord because you do it. It's you're more aware of his favor in your life if you do it. You know, he's not more delighted in you if you read your Bible. In fact, he can't love you any more than he loves you right now. I'll tell you what, because he said, Jesus said, you have the same love for them that you've loved, that you have for me. Jesus said that. He said that God loves us the same way God loves Jesus. So good news, God doesn't love Jesus any more than he loves you. And he doesn't love you any more than he loves Jesus. That's good news. You can't change it. God is love. God does not love you because of you. Right? Can I get an amen? God loves you because of God. God doesn't even love you in spite of you. God loves you because that's who God is. God is love. So we're not growing in love. Like we're not getting more love from God. He's not like, good boy, good girl. You read your Bible today. Pat, pat. No. You're becoming aware by doing these disciplines of his overwhelming love for you. I've been reading my Bible every day since I was eight years old. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you, that's why I'm pretty happy all the time. <laughs> that's why I'm, I can't turn the hope thing off. My hope is just always on. And some of my team is like, it's annoying how hopeful you are. <laughs> They'll tell you. They're like, yeah, he's just, I don't know, he's got hope all the time. It's kind of aggravating for people who are hopeless to be around someone who's always hopeful. <laughs> so, these are the disciplines we need to grow in. But the, just the thing I want you to take from today is that a disciple is a learner. They wait at wisdom's doorway, longing to hear a word for every day. Amen. Can you commit to doing that? Can you commit to, commit to starting your day? Like, forget New Year's resolutions. Like, forget that. All right? Just... <laughs> There's so many memes I could quote right now. I'm not going to. How about you resolve to be a disciple? Not because it's a new year, but because of the Holy Spirit in you, because of the gift of God that he's given you. It's not about being, becoming legalistic. It's about stewarding the treasure you have in your earthen vessel. Amen? Come on. You need, some of y'all got no idea what's in you because you're so undisciplined. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm not rebuking you. I'm saying you would have such a revelation of God's power and kindness and goodness in you if you just would get some disciplines in your life. Like, set a reminder. Start with the verse a day. I don't care. Ask the Lord what that means for you. Do something. Set a discipline. Amen? It'll grow from there. Are you with me? All right, would you stand? We're going to pray. Was this okay? I know it's super practical and maybe you think I'm mean, but I'm not being mean. I'm, I really care about you. So I just want to pray really quickly and I want you to join me just in a, a commitment. This is the first year of 2021. This is just a simple commitment to the Lord, okay? It's not to get anything from God, right? You're not like putting God in an arm triangle or whatever, like making him do something for you. That's not what this is. It's for you, not for him, amen? So just pray with me. Lord Jesus, we say we're going to be disciples. We say we're going to be learners. We say we're going to learn no matter what the source. Come on, pray this stuff. I'm going to learn no matter what the source. 
I'm going to let my workplace teach me, my spouse teach me. I'm going to let you, the Lord of the harvest, invite me into wisdom through all of these things and more. And Lord God, we say yes and amen to you growing us in discipline this year, helping us set in place healthy discipline so that we may be your lovers on the earth, those who go forth into all the nations and baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that you commanded those disciples, God, that we would carry the mission well because we are disciplined, because we are walking in your favor and delight, not to get it, but because we've got it. Because you love us, we will obey. Because you love us, we will obey. Come on, just pray that. Because you love me, I'll obey. Because I love you, I'll obey. Because I love you, because we're in love, I'll do anything for love. And you're calling me to be disciplined. In Jesus' name. Come on, would you say amen? amen. Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com.